listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 8th of November, 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with Luke Larrative from Seneca Financial Solutions for the latest on the share market. But first to Optus, which saw its network go down for much of today. So what does that say about Australia's telecommunications infrastructure as the system takes on less voice and more data? For that, I spoke with telecommunications analyst Paul Butter. Paul, just how reliant are we on telecommunications infrastructure for daily lives and the broader economy? Because the scope of this Optus failure has impacted everything from, I guess, phone calls, transport, hospitals, and even electronic cat feeders at home, for example. Yeah, what we've seen over the last decade or so, perhaps even a bit longer, Ricardo, is that you know we have changed from a telecommunications system that's based on voice to one that's based on data. So 99% of everything that happens over a telecommunications network is now based on data. So that are our applications on our phone, that's our internet, uh, all of that. Now imagine, uh, uh, you know, for individuals, uh, now you start looking at businesses who are totally depending with all of their electronic systems, you know, if it's a booking system or if it's a a, a travel scheduling system, if it's the hospital, Anybody is nowadays linked to this telecommunications network. And if that fails, then we are in really in big trouble as we are seeing today. So if it fails, you know, is this infrastructure up to scratch nationally, right? Not just Optus, I guess, nationally, the Australian telecommunications infrastructure. Is it up to scratch? And how does it compare to other parts of the world? I can answer that question in a different way. I mean, the quality of the network is fine, but obviously what is happening is that we have not enough redundancy in the networks. You cannot have a single point of failure that brings the whole country or the whole East Coast down. That's simply not acceptable. So there are two solutions for that. One is that the networks themselves, Optus, Telstra, TPG, etc., yeah, they need to have redundancy. So what you see was, was most likely what happened with Optus is there has been an update in the network overnight, something failed, and it goes deep into the network and cascades through the network and all the different uh, computer systems are affected by it. You can't have that. So you need to have a duplication of systems that are not connected with each other, that in a case of an emergency, one system can take over from the other. That's the internal network of an operator that needs to be fixed. Obviously, it's not working with Optus. So in that case, it looks like we need to look into that. Perhaps the government and regulators will have to um, decide, you know, if that network is, is up to scratch for the modern sort of times that we just discussed, Ricardo. So to think about it in a simple term and, and, and visually, it means if you were to have a pipe with a, a blockage, you would need um, other little pipes before it to redirect the, the, um, the supply, I guess. But at the same time, what you're saying is that we also need a, another separate independent pipe built as well. Is that right? And that, doesn't that cost a lot of money? Cost money, definitely. There's no doubt about that. But that is the whole sort of situation we are facing. Are we just looking at telecommunication as a commercial operation that have to make profits? And obviously they have. And on the other side, what's the national interest? So, you know, you have to start looking. This is not a process that can be fixed overnight. 
You have to sit down, government, regulator, industry have to sit down and say, how do we fix this? Yeah. So that's one one point. The other point is we have a massive network in this country. You know, it's we've got if you look at the national network, the NBN, it's one pipe. Yeah. I'm using a little bit as Optus. I'm using a little bit as Telstra. I'm using a little bit as TPG. I'm using a little bit, whatever. Yeah. So obviously it's one pipe. So there should be a gateway facility that if one part of a network doesn't work, you know, that you basically can then start using the other part of the network. Now, that requires, of course, again, that does require uh, a sitting down with regulators and government to fix that. Um, what about the ability for traffic to be rerouted in emergency situations? Can it be done? And if so, why isn't it being done? To be honest, I'm arguing uh, on the mobile network that for more than 20 years. And what we saw is that uh, after the, the big inquiry, after 2019 with the bushfires, finally, we now have that uh, the mobile networks in emergency situations, such as bushfires and uh, flooding, etc., they can be linked together. So technically, it's possible, can be done. So now the next step is, after this event today, are we going to extend this to other emergency situations? Yeah. So we've got these networks in place. We've got all of that. But because of commercial reasons, we are not utilizing these networks in a way uh, of an emergency. So how are we going to do that uh, going into the future? Because, Ricardo, we will be sitting here again in half a year or a year and discuss another outage. So this is not going away. This is something that we need to start preparing for. What about the fact that we've only really got two or three large pl- uh, telecommunication players in Australia? Is that an issue? I mean, what if, for example, Telstra also went down at the same time? Or is the fact that Australia has a relatively small population and large geographical area just that just too hard to handle? Yeah, I don't think, you know, that that is, you know, that would be, I mean, stuff happens, absolutely, you know, and something can happen. But then you really start looking at war situations or massive, massive uh, problems, uh, and then telecommunications will not the most important part anymore. So I think, you know, that uh, for 99.9%, we can fix it with um, the sort of things I've been discussing. So, you know, there will always be a situation when, you know, enough is never enough, yeah? But in all reality... If we have a, a good sort of connections between networks where we can use each other in emergency situations, then it would solve it for, you know, for uh, then then it will rather than being every one or two years, something like this happen. Something might happen every 10, 20 years or something like that. So it's, we, we definitely can reduce the impact. And finally, in wrapping up, just how concerned are you about the vulnerability of Australia's telecommunications infrastructure, given that we've seen uh, another outage and the implications on the economy? And I know you've mentioned it before, just very quickly, how do you fix it then? Yeah, it's definitely uh, an issue. It's definitely national interest. It's definitely an infrastructure problem. Uh, It's now time for the government, the regulator and the industry to sit together and work this out. Yes, it costs money. Yes, you will have to give up certain things, etc. And it's going to take one or two years to solve the problem. So, you know, it's time to sit down now and start discussing this uh, and, and start looking at what solutions are there, what's going to cost it, who's going to pay for it. All of that needs to be discussed uh, sooner rather than later.
Independent telecommunications analyst Paul Buddha. To the Australian share market now, which did close higher, the S&P ASX 200 0.26%, firmer 6,995. For more, I spoke with Luke Laradov, an investment advisor at Seneca Financial Solutions. Uh, it's really the material sector that's, that's keeping us from uh, having a more positive day. So markets are relatively flat, but sort of BHP, Rio and, and the other miners and the gold miners in particular, all down sort of 2 to 4% uh, and really holding back what is a relatively positive market otherwise. We saw weaker than expected Chinese trade data overnight. How's that impacting the market, particularly the miners? And then oil, because I think oil prices are now back down to three-month lows. Yeah, I think obviously the, the data out of China overnight sort of showing that their economy may be not going quite as well as uh, the Chinese government and many other investors would like. Uh, I think that has been you know, part of the, the negative sentiment towards the resources sector today. Uh, you know, The oil sector is a little bit more of a supply story where we're seeing sort of stronger inventories out of the US um, and kind of awaiting what, uh, what OPEC are going to do over the next couple of weeks. So a uh, bit of a watch this space on the oil price, but certainly, yeah, that Chinese data are you know, the, main, the main drag on, uh, on resources. Uh, the RBA lifted interest rates yesterday. What's the market now saying about the direction for rates and what are the implications for investors? I suppose despite rates going up, you know, 25 basis points, uh, it really is, it's, it's actually the, the fact that inflation's falling and bond, the bond market is actually, the bond yields have actually fallen uh, on the back of, uh, of yesterday's interest rate rise. So uh, I think the, the commentary around, around interest rates and, and perhaps getting towards the end of that interest rate hike, hiking cycle based on some of the, uh, I suppose, the, the wording that came out with the statement, uh, you know, the, the markets are pretty positive. We're seeing the REIT sector rally a little bit today. Other sort of bond proxies start to rally. Uh, and certainly technology and industrials have been the sort of the leaders on the market today, uh, which are typically sort of rate sensitive uh, sectors. And where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? I think it is in those sort of rate sensitive sectors where, you know, they had a pretty hard time of it over the last two years with rates moving as quickly as they have. Um, you know, there's some value there in some of those sort of names, whether it's, a, you know, an infrastructure style company or even just some of the industrials that have been beaten up uh, on lower PEs now. So I think there's some opportunities for investors um, if they're happy to take some risk for three to six months. Declarative there from Seneca Financial Solutions. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.